Hey, good morning, Drive Time. Welcome back. Once again, I'm Dave Drum, and I am again joined by, for week number four, uh, Jim Ramos. Jim is the uh, founder of Men in the Arena, uh, a Christian-based website. Uh, you should definitely check that out. He's also an accomplished author and podcaster. Jim's latest book is what we've based these uh, uh, previous three videos today and uh, even next week. Uh, we'll wrap up based on his new book, Strong Men, Dangerous Times, and it's about the five essentials that every man must have in order to change his world. Um, so if, if you're just jumping on now, first off, by all means, finish this video, uh, but we're going to make reference to the previous videos because all of this stuff ties together. Uh, so I'd invite you, we'll, we'll have the links in there so you can find the previous videos if you haven't seen those yet. But definitely take the time to check those out. Or if you're just doing it via podcast, uh, those are online as well. So Jim, welcome back. Thanks for continuing this journey with us. And if you would, catch the guys up to where we're at now. Yeah, hey, I would just add one thing. I, I forgot to add this earlier on. So I'm the founder of an organization, not a website, called Man in the Arena. And so we do have a podcast that last year uh, had men from 122 nations downloaded it. Uh, we do have a forum on Facebook with men from like 90 or 100 nations uh, with 10,000, over 10,000 men. And so we also have small groups that we have all over the place that are launching. And uh, we actually offer our ministry e-resources e free for any missionaries, any military active or men in underdeveloped nations. So we just really want to help guys. So that's that's our heartbeat for our ministry. And we're www org, And so, yeah, so this is the fourth week. We're talking about the five essentials every man must possess to change his world, which is in my new book, Strong Men, Dangerous Times. The first week, it was a trailhead, which is protecting integrity. The second week, and if you notice the progressive tense of all these verbs, because this is a daily battle. You can have integrity today and lose it tomorrow. You can, you can fight apathy today and lose it tomorrow. You can pursue God today and fail tomorrow. So Protecting integrity is the trailhead. Fighting apathy is the climb. The summit of manhood, which was last week, is pursuing God passionately. And the backside of manhood is something that we've discovered in the church. Now realize, I know a lot of guys who at some point in their life gave their lives radically to Jesus Christ. A lot of those guys are in church today. But what they've done, they've done something that is alarming. They've pulled themselves out of the arena and they put themselves in the anonymous bleachers and they have done something that a real man, a biblical man does not do. They have deferred their leadership. And so when we talk about leading courageously, what we're saying to men, Dave, is, hey, it is okay to delegate. It is okay. And I did this to take your kids to youth group. It is okay to take your kids to children's church. It is okay to take your kids to uh, uh, large worship gatherings. It is okay to delegate your, you know, take your kids to high school and let them go to a Christian high school. It is okay to delegate your spiritual responsibility. But at the end of the day, you can delegate everything except final responsibility as the leader in your home. God has called you to lead. And so men do not defer spiritual leadership. And this is a massive problem that we've identified in the church is that for some reason, and I don't, we had a, well, you were talking earlier about David Murrow. 
we had David Murrow on our podcast. He wrote a book called Why Men Hate Going to Church. And in that interview, he'd said something. I've forgotten almost everything about the podcast. It's been year ago, years ago. But the one thing he said that I've never forgot was this. He said, in Islam, in the Islamic religion, the more religious you are, the more of a man society sees you as. In Christianity, the more spiritual you are, the less of a man the world sees you as. And I, that, to me, that doesn't make sense because Jesus is the ultimate man. He is the ultimate alpha male. In fact, the Bible, he calls himself the alpha and omega male. And so if he's the ultimate alpha and omega male and we pursue him, we should become more of a man by pursuing him than we ever were without pursuing him. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Jesus has made me more of a man than I ever could have been without him. And part of that is he wants me to lead people, especially my family, down that path as well. And so this is what we really want our men to understand. And our, our organizational title, our name of our organization is Men in the Arena. And that that is a representation. It's an object lesson of this age group, grouping of men from 28 to 52 or three years old who are raising kids. Their kids are in the home. And on the number line of life, this is what we call the stress bubble. And we also call this the arena. It looks like a football stadium. So they're in the stress bubble of life, in this arena of life. And we're saying, you need to get out of the bleachers and you need to get in the game. And that part of that is leading those people that God has called you to spiritually. So, and, and you point out at the beginning, you, you called it delegating some of your responsibility, but it's, it's allowing other people to have a, a voice of spiritual growth in your kid's life, in, in your spouse's life, and even in your own life, I would imagine, yep. um, to allow those voices to speak into it. But ultimately, it's your responsibility to, to lead and protect the, the overall spiritual uh, health of your home, whether that's just you and your home or you and your wife or you, your wife and, you know, 2.5 kids, a dog and a white picket fence, what, whatever the case may be. Um, so I, I think, and I've, I've had conversations like this before, there's, there's this weird thing about Christian leadership. Hmm. You have Christians in the sense of like, I'm fine with my pastor wanting to lead, but that dude over there who always wants to be in charge of stuff, what, you know, why him? Why, why is it him? Why does he always want to be in front? Why does he always want to be in charge? And we get critical of it. But at the same time, why aren't we also standing next to him saying, yeah, I, I want to lead as well. It's almost as if Christian leaders have to be reluctant um, in order to be humble leaders. Because if you desire leadership, it almost smells like, oh, well, he just wants to be the center of attention. And there, there's this weird dynamic that, that Americans, I would say, uh, we've created where it's like, well, I don't want a leader who wants to be a leader. I want a, a leader who's willing to lead, but only because he has to and no one else is doing it. Um, so if, you, if we're leading courageously, we're kind of stomping that thought process in the face. Would you agree? Yeah, I would say, you know, John Eldridge wrote a great book called Wild at Heart. And in that book, John said, let the world feel the full weight of who you are and let them deal with it. And so what I want to say to men is God 
has made men to put on display. In fact, the Bible says the glory of a man is the woman. And you can tell how well a man loves his wife by how well she looks and carries her countenance with her. And so God wants to put men on display as the leaders of the, their sphere of influence. So it's not even about leading in the church. It's about just leading in general and saying, God, put me on display in front of my families. And I think what happens with men is they get overwhelmed because over here you've got super Christian who's, you know, homeschooling his kids, you know, doing daily devotions, you know, leading in the church. Maybe he's the pastor. I don't know. And over here, you've got your average guy who's like trying to figure out his faith. He's in the middle of the stress bubble. He's stressed out. He's like, I don't know what to do. I can't do this. And so he realizes he can't measure up to this. So he goes, I'm just going to go anonymous. I'm going to go dark. I'm going to go off the spiritual grid and just be anonymous in the church. And so one of the things that we tell men is, man, I, and I don't want to tell men what I used, did spiritually because I think guys could be overwhelmed because I was over kind of here in this world, but I was paid to do it right as a Christian pastor. So what I tell guys to do, and this is going to be our, you know, our 1% today, Dave, is I tell guys to do, this is deep spiritual stuff, Dave. Are you ready? Yeah. Here's what I tell guys to do. Do something. Something. If you've never prayed for your meals as a family, start doing it. If you've never taken your family to church, start doing it. I mean, find one area that you are not doing that you can do better spiritually and just do that one thing. One thing. Maybe it's praying for your kids daily. You know, I, uh, I'm, I'm stranded in this house right now. This is my son and my son's house. And so we went, we're stranded here because they're doing some stuff at our house, a remodel. And so we're living down here for a day or two. And I went out to breakfast this morning with he and his wife. And I told his wife, I said, you know, I've been praying for you since before you were born. You know, and she knows that I've been praying for her since before she was born. And so maybe that's a guy, thing a guy can do is start praying for his kids' future spouses, even if those kids are one or two years old. You know, I don't know what it is for the guys listening, but I would just say, guy, listen, do something more than you're doing now. One thing, 1%. Well, and it's interesting you say that because I don't think the thing matters. You know, you're saying something. I don't think that thing matters. I think the reason you're doing it is what matters. And I think if you go into it with that pure heart of, well, God, I don't know what else to do. So when I put my kids to bed tonight, I'm, I'm just going to pray for them. And it's going to, it might feel weird and it might feel awkward at first, but I think God's going to honor it. And I think he's going to show you in that, like, yeah, okay. You, you gave me that. Like, I can honor that. Give me something else. You know, we, we can't turn too much over to him. And, uh, you know, as you were talking, you know, that, that mental competition that we have with super Christian over here, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or or the guy who who came out of the womb a pastor and he's just you know he's 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 never even thought of something you know off color where you know i'm still trying not to laugh at what happened to the guy in traffic today anyways um so somewhere in between those two we, we may find ourselves or maybe for the guys um so behind the scenes of of drive time there's a group of guys who don't want to be in front of this camera. But what I would say um, is without them, this doesn't happen. And, and they are more critically important than you and I talking because you and I could talk and no one would ever know it 
if it wasn't for these guys who serve behind the scenes. Yep. And that that competition of, oh, well, I have to be up there praying over everybody. I have to be the guy on stage. I have to be the guy who talks. I have to be this. No, no, no. As an introvert, you probably have more value to the kingdom than I'm ever going to have uh, because I talk. Um, so I, I just think exactly along what you're saying, just do something. There's something, whether it's in front of the congregation or behind it or something, you can serve your local church uh, Monday through Saturday and no one ever know you exist on Sunday. But without your Monday through Saturday service, Sunday would never happen. Yeah, I think it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, maybe verse 24, God, the Bible says, and God arranged the parts of the body just as he wanted them to be. And so I would say, man, do you, be who you are, you know, but I would tell guys this, guys, start with your family. And before you even lead the church, start leading your family. If, I mean, I know guys as super Christians over here who just dove into the church headlong and lost their families over it. You need to make your wife is the most, this is a thing I've realized about a year ago. God is the most important person in the universe. Our wife is the most important person on the planet. Our children are the most important people in our heritage. And so we need to start with that, that hierarchy. And so once we're pursuing God passionately, then we go to our wife and go, how can I lead her spiritually? And I would say, do something there. Then your kids, you know, and, and, and just kind of let that resonate. That's good. That's good. And, and you know, that's, uh, that's real. That I have seen that happen where guys have overextended themselves at church and it caused tension at home. Um, and, and you have to, you know, decide what's most important. And like you said, if, if you're not leading at home or you're not present enough at home, uh, you run the risk of, of losing those who were entrusted to you. Your family is your first ministry before anything else. Yeah, so. And actually, we're going to talk about that pretty extensively at our next episode. Nice. Well, then, with that being said, um, you, you've already given us our tangible step for this week, our, our yep. takeaway, our, our drive time 1% um, to do something. Uh, and guys, I, here's the thing. If, if you're a member of our church, um, if you don't know what that something is, I can direct you to a group of guys who will help you find that something in your life. Um, so reach out, find somebody, as we've said the last couple of weeks, ask somebody, identify that thing, and then start working on it. So Jim, thank you again for being here. Uh, and I am excited to hear what you got for next week. Gentlemen, it's we'll see good. You then. It's good. <laughs> we'll see you then. You're on drive time.